When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. This episode is brought to you by Google. Google's two-step verification was built to secure your account and help prevent cyber attacks, even if your password is compromised. That's why Google has made it easy to sign into your account with this additional layer of protection. Just one tap and you're in. Learn more at safety.google. Hello, movie lovers. Welcome to the Best Damn Movie Related Show here on the internet. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio. For today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Andres Muschietti, the It uh, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 director, directing the new Flash movie. I'm also going to be talking about... Is it a good idea or a bad idea for them to go on ahead and make a It Chapter 3 without any continuity to any other book or anything like that when there's not a sequel? And then I'm also going to be talking about what makes a movie good or bad to engage in or for me to leave. So, with that being said, let's go on ahead and get into this whole thing. As everybody knows, Andrew Moschietti the It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2 director, who also directed Mama, is going to be directing the Flash movie. Now, in the report, it said that he's not going to be doing any type of horror flavor. If anybody was expecting some type of horror flavor to that whole entire Flash movie, you're not going to get it. And I actually like the fact that we're not going to be getting a Flash movie that's based into the whole entire horror realm. I like that idea because Barry, let's just face it, Barry Allen is a lighthearted character when you look at the DC Universe as far as superhero goes. As far as when you look at someone like Batman or anything like that. When you look at him, you actually think of Superman and Wonder Woman. How how lighthearted those two characters are and how charismatic those characters are. And when you actually think about it, the horror aspect with the Flash does not mix in well because of the fact that Barry Allen is a lighthearted character and he's very charismatic, like I mentioned. But I feel like if they went on ahead and made it darker, it would be just a Zack Snyder uh, cover cover up, if you think about it, because of the fact that dark, Zack Snyder's always been the type that make his movies dark rather than something lighthearted. And I think that going in this direction is actually a smart move for DC because Andre Muschietti is actually a great director whenever you look at his track record for It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. Whenever this movie comes out next week, this weekend, I'm going to be doing a review on that. But that set aside, I think that this is a good idea for them to bring in a director like him. And also, too, we haven't seen him do a lighthearted type of film before so him disappearing from the horror realm for just a little bit is actually pretty cool but there's also some things that actually makes me kind of hesitant because here's the thing we've been getting directors left and right oh this director is going to direct the flash this director is going to direct the flash this director is leaving because of creative differences with the studios and therefore we have to get another director so it makes me kind of hesitant at the fact that this movie is even going to happen i'm thinking maybe next week Maybe a month from now, after this whole entire announcement, it's going to be it's going to say Andre Muschietti leaves it over creative differences with Warner Brothers, and I hope that doesn't happen because I like Andre Muschietti, but I'm hesitant right now until this movie breaks production, until it's in the can, until the tantalization of the fact that we're even getting this movie and everything. 
that's when I'm, I'm going to be excited for. For right now, I'm in the middle where I want to be excited, but I'm lukewarm about it because of the fact that we had so many directors before, so many directors leaving over creative differences over with Warner Brothers. And then we don't even know, too, if Ezra Miller is even going to be attached to be Barry Allen in this thing at all. That's also another thing that's questionable as well, because he's, they even told, I remember a couple of reports that I actually reported back a while back where they said, well, he has a certain amount of time to make a script for the Flash movie. If he doesn't, then he's out of the whole entire thing. So I don't know if Ezra actually made a script for this movie. I don't know if he's still going to be attached to it, but I hope he's going to be attached to it. I know I'm maybe one in a million that actually enjoyed him as Barry Allen, but I actually liked what he brought to the table. I think everybody's just used to the fact that we actually have the TV flash and that's what we're accustomed to. And then when it comes down to Ezra Miller presenting that persona of who that character is, some of it might actually feel like a huge miss because we're so used to actually seeing a Barry Allen on TV versus what's on the big screen. And we're thinking that we're going to get that kind of performance based off of what we see from a smaller screen. But I think that Ezra Miller was actually a perfect person for um, for The Flash. As a matter of fact, if DC knocks this out of the park, they're going to be three for three for, uh, not three for three, but four for four for solo films. When you look at Shazam, when you look at Wonder Woman, and when you look at Aquaman, those three movies were successes. If the Flash movie winds up being a success, they're going to be four for four, and there's no telling what they can do. Now, as far as Suicide Squad goes and everything, that's another total different story, because I think that with James Gunn being able to do what he does... I think that he might actually be a good fit for Suicide Squad. It might be a little bit different than what we're used to, but still, sometimes different is good. But I'm not here to talk about James Gunn. I'm not here about talk about Suicide Squad. But all in all, I just I'm excited that Andre Muschietti is actually going to be taking part in doing a Flash Flash movie because we haven't seen any type of lightheartedness come from him. So that's going to be different. And like I said, the tambalization of the fact that this movie is even going to happen, that's something that is going to be something that I'm going to be excited about once it's in the can. Right now, like I said, I'm lukewarm. We're just going to have to see what happens. Now I'm going to talk about, they want. there's actually some talks where they want to do an It Chapter 3, and I have a question mark with that. Because here's the thing. When the movie is loosely based on something that hasn't doesn't have any continuity to that char- to the to the characters in a book or anything like that or to the actual story itself, the movie can actually bomb to the point where nobody even wants to even touch um, touch the property again. Not only that, but th- we've been getting a lot of Stephen King um, movies adaptions left and right. So it makes me wonder if they end up not making not knocking this out of the park with chapter three, if they decided to go with a chapter three type movie, it makes me wonder if, if they strike out on this, is this going to be a feel for Stephen King adaption movies or if people are just going to go on ahead and see it anyways. And then it hits, what happens if it does make a home run? We get more Stephen King based movies and stuff like that. But if it feels, I'm afraid that we might not get that much, but here's the thing. Everybody's talking about the possibility of it being a movie. But what happens if it's actually a prequel? What happens if they named it It Chapter 3 and then 
they actually have a prequel to it. Because if you think about it, it says 1,779 page book. And that thing was huge. And there's a lot of town history with it. We also get an idea of where Pennywise actually can't, comes from a little bit. And it gives you a background of who he, like I said, who he is. And what ha- what he's been doing before the Loser Club even showed up. So there's that little mystery element to it. If you haven't read the book, you can actually either make that into a prequel series TV show. Which I hope they don't just make a whole separate universe just for it. Because I feel like this. Whenever you make a movie based on a... T- well, whenever you do a movie based on a TV show or a TV show based on a movie. There's only so many seasons that you can actually do whatever, whatever they have. And before you know it, it's going to be the same recycled stuff over and over again. Same repetitive stuff over and over again. And really, we don't want to see the re- same recycled stuff. We want to see something new, something fresh... And I think the best thing that they could do is make like, make it out of Castle Rock from Hulu and actually have an it kind of background to it to where it actually where it actually fits in. Because I think that you can actually do a 10 episode story or a 12 episode story on just a it theme rather than going ahead and make a two and a half hour, three and a half hour movie with it just being half assed to where it's loosely based on something and not having everything in it that you need. I think a, a TV show prequel would actually be a best fit rather than a sequel. But we're just going to have to see what's up with that. Because I think that if they did that and everything, I think it would be per- a lot better in my understanding of that. So now I'm going to talk about what makes a good or bad movie. What makes me engage in a movie. Now... I'm going to get into this whole entire thing because there's actually some movies that I actually love. Let's say, for instance, I love gangster movies. Gangster movies for me is probably one of the the things that I love the most. And here's why. When you see Goodfellas and you see that opening spot, whenever you see Joe Pesci, when you see Ray Loretta going and Robert De Niro in the car together and all of a sudden they hear a thump in the back of the trunk, you're wondering what the heck is going on with this thing. We don't, there's a mystery aspect to it if you haven't seen the movie. There's also the fact that there's also a kind of like a thriller feel to it that keeps you glued in to wonder what's in the trunk. What is going on in the trunk? And why aren't they really paying that much close attention to what's in the trunk? And then once it's revealed to you, once you understand what they did when they whacked this one person, the the whole entire mystery to it is done. And then you're wondering too, how are they going to get rid of this body? How are they going to go on ahead and dispose pose of him and everything else? And how, what did he, this guy do to want to get whacked in the first place? And that to me is, like I said, it gives you a little bit of mystery element. It gives you a little bit of everything that you want to have from a gangster movie. I love, I love the dialogue between Joe, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, and Ray Loretta. I love the, what Martin Scorsese did with this film. This film is just perfectly well executed. The cinematography is just fantastic. The pacing of it is even great too. The second half of the movie is better than the first half. It follows right on through. And it doesn't just focus on just the gangsters itself. It actually focuses on the wives and how they're dealing with their issues being married to someone that's actually high in power to the mob and how it's affecting their lives. So I like that aspect, but 
there's some things that I really don't like, and I'm going to get to those in a few minutes. I'm going to tell you about some other stuff that I actually like. I like, um, for instance, I love good movies whenever it comes down to heist movies. To me, The Italian Job, yes, it's a remake, but I love Edward Norton's evil character. I love Jason Statham being in it. The casting for me, whenever I watch a movie, I want to make sure that the casting is what I want. Not only that, but I want a couple of things I actually notice whenever I'm doing reviews. I like the dialogue. I like the flow of the characters. I love the chemistry between the characters. The music can actually be a win or a loss situation, which I actually discussed a little bit of that when I was doing the Slipknot album review. But when you look at soundtracks, when you look at movies in itself sometimes the music that they might choose for a certain scene might not fit in with that scene it might take you out for a little bit but maybe they might be able to pull you back in with the right dialogue with the right kind of flow with the right kind of actors and actresses being involved in the movie to where at the point where you can actually be glued in again but then sometimes too it can go off the reels and it just sucks but the Italian Job for me is one of my favorite heist movies. Yes, it's a little cheesy. Yes, you actually have these guys that's it's a revenge tale, which is another thing I like. I like revenge tales too, where you're having to go ahead and get revenge on this evil person that killed killed these people that were practically left for dead. And now they're alive, and now they want to seek revenge on him. So what do they do? They go on ahead and get some Mini Coopers. They go on ahead and try and steal going to heist and steal gold from him and they set up this whole entire thing and there's twists and turns there's action in it there's a lot of stuff in there that you can actually be uh, gravitated towards i really enjoyed the italian job for what it is like i said jason statham is one of the probably the best action uh star that we have today besides the rock because if you think about it, in the 90s, we had Arnold Schwarzenegger, we had Sylvester Stallone, we had Van Damme. We don't have that now. And now we have Jason Statham. We have The Rock. Those are the only two people in the 2000s that as, as still has that little bit of cheesiness from the 90s and 80s films to where we can actually say these are going to be your superstars for these type of action films. And I'm just gra- gravitated. I'm actually engaged and stuff like that i don't mind corniness when it comes to dialogue depending on the movie itself because it actually knows what it is and if it knows what it is it can flow just perfectly well to where it actually fits into what it wants to be now for instance let's say the fast and the furious for example the very first one it took itself way too serious to be what it was and really if you think about it it didn't need to be serious. It just needed to have the element of the fact that these people are street racers. They're and they're actually loving what they're doing, but they're also doing heist jobs as well, trying to steal DVD equipment, stuff like that. And they could actually made it a little, a little bit. Here's the thing: once you get into part five, it's a little bit campy. So in this one, they they try to make it way too serious, way too what way, way too serious to the point where you think that they're actually trying for an Academy Award winning type movie when they're, when they shouldn't actually be trying for that spot because let's just face it, Vin Diesel is not the greatest actor in the world at all. As much as I like him in Riddick, as much as I like him in the Fast and the Furious franchise, even though I wish that franchise would just go, go away, but 
you know, as much as I liked him in that, those movies and everything, he's not a solid actor from what I know. But I do like him in A Man Apart. I do like him with that because it shows a little bit of edge to him. But like I said, whenever it comes down to certain movies, you can actually be engaged into what's going on. Because if they actually were able to, uh, let's say for another example, you can go on ahead and add layers to the characters. You can actually do something that can make you feel something for that character. And that's another thing that actually gravitates towards me whenever I'm looking at something. Like, let me give you another example that I really enjoy. I enjoy the movie The Crow. And yes, The Crow is actually based on a graphic novel. And, you know, I get it. I get the fact that it might be a little campy, but I like revenge stories, like I mentioned before. This is actually the sound, the soundtrack for The Crow is what got me into grunge music, rock alternative music. It's what uh, stamped gothic as well and I love the gothic tale of this girl gets killed on Halloween night she gets raped and everything and then here comes and then her boyfriend winds up getting pushed out the window and then later on you wind up discovering why she got raped why she got killed why her boyfriend got killed and then you also have the revenge plot where after a year later the crow carries the soul and he then Eric is is going after these people that killed them on Halloween night and then once everything is done and unwinds and everything, it's just a rush. It's a drilling rush. It's a great action film. It's a great, if you think about it, it's actually a romantic story in a sense because of the fact that he's going after the people that killed him and his girlfriend. So that's actually kind of interesting too. And, you know, I think that The Crow is one, is actually still one of my all-time favorite movies. I still remember going to the movie theater in Boston and actually seeing that for the very first time. And like I mentioned before, it got me into Stone Temple Pilots. It got me into music like um, Soundgarden. It got me into uh, Nine Inch Nails. It got me into a lot of rock, indie rock. It got me into a lot of good music that I listen to today because of that soundtrack. Um, The Crow soundtrack is a soundtrack that I recommend for anybody. But, you know, I think that the crow is still one of the best movies because I was able to be engaged into it. I was able to relate to the characters the way that you need to be engaged in. And, you know, I also like other movies too. Like another movie that I actually enjoy that I can actually say that I watch all the time is a little movie called Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's underrated, but here's the thing. Who doesn't go through breakups? Who doesn't go through stuff? Who doesn't go through people leaving them for other people? People, uh, girls or men leaving their significant other for another person and then they want to try and forget about them but they can't because something reminds them of who of them and you can actually relate towards that and the movie itself is funny I, I, I'm going to tell you this the most subjective mo- subjective movies genre is comedy because you never know how somebody's going to react to a certain comedy because everybody's humor is different so that's the most subjective genre out there is comedy because you don't know how someone's going to react but when and Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall she she leaves him leaves the guy for Russell Brand he's in Hawaii and he's trying to forget his girlfriend all of a sudden she just shows up with Russell Brand and next thing you know it they're at the same hotel 
and everything else. And he's trying to forget about her, but he can't because she's actually a couple floors down. And here he is all the way up in the upstairs bedroom crying his eyes out because he, because she's with somebody else. And then as the movie keeps on rolling, he winds up falling in love with uh, Mila Kunis. And the chemistry between him and Mila Kunis is just fantastic. It's really good. Um, between Peter and Melikunas, that's who I'm calling Peter because I actually forgot the character's uh, the actor's name. But the chemistry between her and that actor is just fantastic, and it makes me feel something charismatic towards Melikunas's character, trying to be there for him, for him, trying to lift him up, trying to forget about this girl that is no good for him. I like that, and then. Of course, too, you have the whole entire Russell Brand thing. You, have, you even have Ant-Man himself, Paul Rudd in it. You have Joan Hill in it. You have a bunch of other small stars in this whole, in this movie and everything that brings it out even more. And, you know, like I said, that that's some of the stuff that I actually look for in a movie as far as that goes. I like good chemistry. I like layers of characters. I like good story development. I like stuff whenever it's flowing well. And I'm going to give you one other example. Then after that, I'm going to go to some bad examples of what I don't like. But, you know, those are just the things that I love about certain movies. And then another thing, this is what else I like. Um, I'm going to go with The Departed. I love The Departed. It's another remake. And, you know, Infernal Affairs, which is actually an overseas movie. If you haven't seen it, it's actually just as good as... The Departed, but the camera angles, the way they were able to work everything in there, then you're also wondering too if Leonardo DiCaprio is actually an undercover cop that's actually giving away information, if he's really going to be a cop or not. Then there's also Matt Damon, who who's also, a, he's a dirty cop, playing a dirty cop for Jack Nicholson's character, who's also in the Irish mob, and you know, you have all this cat and mouse games going on, and you don't know what to expect from this whole entire movie. You don't know what's behind every corner. When you think you have one thing figured out, there's another thing that actually happens. And then the dialogue between Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson is really good. And Martin Sorsese knows how to direct movies. He knows how to get your attention. He knows the music and the styles and the camera angles to get you glued in. And... You know, like I said, Leonardo DiCaprio is a great actor. And the chemistry between him and Jack Nicholson is really good. Especially the scene in the diner and everything when he's eating. And Jack Nicholson goes, you know what I love about this place? You can watch people. Watch how they eat. They're like rats. I'm just paraphrasing, but that dialogue right there. And then seeing Leonardo DiCaprio's eyes get big. And knowing, thinking that Frank actually figured out that he's actually an undercover cop. And he thinks that he got caught. That's the fear. That's the anxiety of being an undercover cop. And then Leonardo DiCaprio also having to go into seeing a shrink because he's undercover and he doesn't know how to deal with it. So therefore, he's put on medicine and pills for his anxieties because of the fact that he can't sleep at night and because of, because of what he's going through. And he wants to pull out of this thing. He wants to leave, but, you know, you have... <laughs> But you have Mark Wahlberg who's pushing him even further into it and everything whenever he wants to be pulled in. And they can't just pull the plug right away because the investigation is even getting even further. And 
the soundtrack for this movie is just fantastic. It doesn't pull me out of the movie. The music just flows well as, all, as always whenever it comes down to Martin Scorsese movies because it actually fits in with the story itself. It becomes a part of the character. It becomes part of the violence in the movie. It actually It actually ends up doing something just fantastically well executed. And that's why I love The Departed because of that. And also, too, it also is one of the best remakes that I've seen in a while when you look at remakes. And it's rare to actually have a remake that's actually better than the original film. But I'm calling what it is. If you haven't seen this movie, I I highly recommend this, especially if you're into gangster movies, especially if you're into filming, because you can actually look at the camera angles. You can actually figure out how each thing fits in well with everything and how to tell a story that's actually perfectly well executed and perfectly well balanced, and everything just flows well with the whole entire movie. Now, I'm going to talk about some of the things that I don't like. I don't like cringe-worthy dialogue. When you look at movies like Jennifer's Body, I do not like Megan Fox, but here's the thing. I still gave it a chance. I still gave... Jennifer's body a chance that doesn't sound right but I still gave that movie a chance because of the fact I love horror movies and I wanted to see it for what it is I get the fact that we're not looking at Academy Award winning performances I get that I'm I'm seeing cheesiness and stuff like that but I want to make the I want the dialogue to flow to the point where you can actually feel something for those characters whenever they get killed off the dialogue is so bad even the slang is like so bad where it's actually gritting my teeth and I just can't deal with it it's just too much and I'm glad I didn't go out and see this movie because I shut it off after 15-20 minutes actually seeing it because there was no chemistry there between the actors or actresses being in the movie the dialogue was forced the soundtrack and everything else is just off-putting that actually drowns you out and actually makes you want to back out of this whole entire movie after after seeing it for an hour and a half of of it then there's also another thing too that I didn't like with it I mean there was the acting and the chemistry between the actors and actresses it just wasn't a good movie it didn't flow well nothing was there there was no layers to the characters everything is just a paint by the numbers type of movie and that's just how I'm looking at it and then I'm also going to put Sicario on my list. I understand people love that, love that movie. I watched an hour and 15 minutes of that movie. And I don't mind slow burn movies as long as it's leading to a certain point. For example, The Conjuring is one of those movies that I love because of the fact that it actually has that slow build. It has that slow tension. And then once that tension is released, it just goes full throttle. With this, there's dialogue. More talking dialogue, more talking dialogue. It just doesn't... For me personally, I was bored to death watching this movie to the point where I actually shut the movie off because of the fact that I didn't really care about anything that happened to the characters anymore after watching it for an hour and some more minutes because of the fact that it just didn't lead to anything. And I understand that probably towards the end of it, that's whenever everything just comes together. But it just didn't do whatever I wanted it to do. It didn't land the way I wanted it to. I just didn't care for it. And if you guys love it, I'm all for it. I mean, not everybody's going to like the same movie, but the the stuff just didn't flow for me. And I really like slow build movies. I like a lot of tension build up. I like uh, not knowing what's going to happen next. 
And for this, Sicario just doesn't do me any good. And I didn't even bother seeing the second movie because I didn't like the first movie. And that's how I feel. And another movie that I'm going to mention is Wes Craven's movie, which is My Soul to Take. I wanted to see it because I was always, I'm always a Wes Craven fan. I'm a John Carpenter fan too. But Wes Craven is like the master of horror. And the dialogue, just like Jennifer's body. One-dimensional characters, no layers to the characters, horrible, crunchy dialogue. The slang was off-putting. The whole entire, the plot was good. The plot was really good for what it was. It was a good original plot where you actually have this killer that dies, and then somebody's killing them a year or two late. These kids a year or two later, and and that aspect I can actually appreciate, but you can't appreciate crunchy, cringy dialogue that just doesn't flow and the chemistry between the actors and actresses just doesn't flow right and I just didn't really care for my soul to take because of that and like I mentioned before this whole entire soundtrack is just off-putting I didn't like the soundtrack I didn't like the characters I didn't believe any that they were in danger I didn't get any I just got a bunch of crap that's pretty much it. It was just a crappy movie that was directed by Wes Craven. I was hoping that Wes Craven would have knocked another movie out of the park and everything later on. That didn't happen either. And I wish that he would have hit, hit a home run before he passed away or whatever. Because I like Wes Craven. But I just don't. I just didn't care for that style of filming the way he did it. And it just sucks. To, my, soul to, my soul to take. Eh. It was horrible. And I wish I didn't spend any money watching that movie. And I did. Sadly, I was thinking about walking out of it, but I still stayed in it because of the fact that I wanted to actually... Hoping that the movie would actually get better. But it got worse. Um, Now, there's actually going to be one more movie I'm actually going to be talking about that actually does... That actually doesn't do me any good actually seeing and that's the simple fact that it's a found footage movie and if you want me to fall asleep during a found footage movie that's uh, during a movie take me to a found footage movie find out how fast I'll fall asleep because as soon as I, I everybody's talking about oh how scary uh, paranormal activity is I saw the previews I watched about 10-15 minutes of paranormal activity and I conked out I don't remember what happened. I don't remember anything. All I knew was found that movie was boring. I didn't care about anything that was happening in that movie. I don't even appreciate any aspects of that movie because of the fact it's found footage. And found footage movies to me is just shaky cams and making you feel like that there's something frightening happening whenever there's nothing really there that's being frightening about it other than the fact that you're making me dizzy and I want to be out of this movie before it's before it's even before it's even over but I actually fell asleep through the whole entire freaking movie the ushers actually had to wake me up and tell me to go home because I slept through the whole movie that's how bad it is that's how bad I am with found footage movies you might as well just go in and take a camera and bootleg it and everything because of the fact that if you like shaking cams if you like watching bootlegs found footage movies is what it is because of that. Because I just don't like that, that style of filming. I don't like the Blair Witch Project. I, 
I like the sequel, the black, um, with it because of the fact it's not a found footage movie. But as far as the prequel or the sequel to the first movie, I can, now I will be honest with this. I can appreciate the aspect of being in a theater and you're wondering what direction this witch is actually going to come from. The little thing here where there's actually somebody rumbling in the woods and you can hear a stick crack. I can actually appreciate that. But as far as the movie itself, it didn't land for me at all. I didn't care for it. I didn't feel like there was a need to even have another Blair Witch Project movie. Especially look for the old members from 1999. I just don't care about found footage movies. And a matter of fact, Blair Witch Project is what is what it is today. How we got found footage movies was because of the Blair Witch Project. And if you like found footage movies, I'm all for you. But it just doesn't land for me. It does not work for me. It never has worked for me. It won't work for me. But with that being said, tell me what you what engages you. What motivates you to make a movie that's actually good or a movie that's actually bad. I would like to actually know. Matter of fact... I want to know so badly. I want you guys to go on ahead and leave me a voicemail message. I actually have that set up in the description below that you guys can actually send in. Because I'm actually kind of curious about what engages you. What doesn't engage you. What do you look for in a movie as well? Do you look at camera angles? Do you look at uh, chemistry between the characters? Do you look at pacing of the film? Do you look at every little thing that you can actually think of that actually motivates the film to where you can actually say you love the movie? And I'm also going to throw in a couple of honorable mentions. John Wick, Chapter 1 and Chapter 2. It's a great action flick. I love it. But let's just call it what it is. It's cheesy because of the fact that he's killing people because of a dog. And it's a revenge tale, which I like. And because of the fact that you want to be... Because you actually are scared of this guy that's actually going to be the boogeyman coming at you. And he's going to be shooting you because you killed his dog. And I love the motivation behind that. I love that. I don't wish anybody to actually lose a dog or get kill, someone kill their dog. But the motivation for it was good. The motivation for the whole entire movie for John Wick to come out of retirement. It's just an all-around good movie. And even part two is good. And part three is even better. But I'm kind of curious about what you guys think about the whole entire thing where what motivates you what doesn't motivate you i like to actually know tell me what you guys think of the Anthony Muschietti directing uh flash what do you guys think of it chapter three like i said question mark and i like to actually know tell me what you guys think don't forget to go on ahead subscribe to the podcast i'm actually available on pocket podcast i'm available on spotify i'm available on apple pot oh, i said apple podcast already but uh, I'm available on eight other applications so and Google Podcasts as well. So go on ahead, hit the subscribe button, let me know what you guys think, and I'm actually going to be going to see IT Chapter 2 this weekend, so I'll have a review up for that and maybe some other off-the-wall topics, some other topics that I want to actually talk about. So with that being said, I hope you guys have a good day, and until next time, bye-bye.